0: Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio, brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Maine or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck, or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours of radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your re- Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the united states now here's your host hop along john cassidy
1: thank you mark larson and southern california welcome to another sunday edition of rod real radio i am your host hop along john cassidy and it is a pleasure to have you tonight we are glad you tuned in Hey, we have a jam-packed show for you tonight. Now here's a, just a brief idea of what's going to be happening. Starting right out of the gate, we're going to have Tammy Terrell. She's the general manager of Diamond Valley Marina. You know, the opening of, reopening of Diamond Valley, I should say, is one of the most highly anticipated events so far of the fishing year. Tammy's going to be with us, and she's going to tell us what to expect and what you're going to need to do to make sure that you can get on the water successfully. And then, along with our regular features with uh, Phil Friedman and Captain James Nelson, at 6 p.m., Captain Frank Urselli, owner-operator of the Constitution and the uh, Ranger 85, also managing partner at H&M Landing, he's going to be with us to give us an up-to-date on what's happening offshore. And then, coming on up, a special edition at 6:23. Uh, we're going to go from six twenty-three right to the end of the show. Stan is going to have an update on what's happening in the Eastern Sierra, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. But before we get to Tammy, let me first introduce to you the co-host of Ron Real Radio. First, this gentleman is the voice of one eight hundred Bass Boat and a pretty darn good fresh and saltwater fisherman in his own right, Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing, guy?
2: John, I am just about as good as it gets for
3: a Sunday afternoon.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. I know uh, you and I were uh, communicating up until the, the show began on uh, the Eastern Sierras, there, and I appreciate you and Jorge, our uh, in-studio producer, uh, getting together and getting that done. Uh, I'm I'm excited to hear what's happening.
2: Me too. Actually, you know, it, it it's been a fun year. They've actually got water. <laughs> 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 you got a lot of snow and a lot of runoff, uh, and things have been changing up there fairly, fairly. Well, I mean, the fishing's been pretty good, so we'll get the reports, we'll find out what they're doing,
1: and we'll go from there. We look forward to hearing about that. Also, let me introduce to you my other co-host. She is the National Sales Manager for Izerline, and is she one heck of an outdoor enthusiast herself. Miss Wendy Toshahara. Wendy, how you doing, ma'am?
4: I'm doing pretty good. How about you guys?
1: <laughs> hey, we are doing great, and I know you're going to have some reports for us, does? There's two important meetings coming on up with the, um, uh, the uh, Coastal Conservation Association that we're going to want to hear about. So we'll be talking about that a little bit later on in the show, too. Great. Hey, let's get right to our first guest because she has been busier than a, a one-armed paper hanger. She's, from, uh, she's the general manager of the uh, Diamond Valley uh, Marina, Miss Tammy Terrell. Tammy, welcome to the show.
5: Hello. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Hey, I'm great that we could get you within cell range because I know you're not on uh, the Diamond Valley property right now. You're up there at Lake Hemet. Hey, just tell us briefly, what's happening up at Lake Hemet?
5: Lake Hemet's getting ready for their um, grand opening of the water park this year. So uh, they uh, open on the 27th of May. So they're just getting ready with the water park, with the Wibbit getting up the inflatable on-the-water water water park, Um, so just getting ready for their season.
1: (laughs) Wow. If you have never been up to Lake Hemet, you've got to make a trip up there because it's absolutely one of the funnest lakes to go to in uh, the Southern California area. And being right there in the pines, uh, Tammy, how do you even come down from there?
5: How do I come down? Well, i got Diamond Valley to worry about. That's
1: how I get down. <laughs> Well, let's get right to that. Let's talk about uh, when is Diamond Valley now scheduled to open, and let's talk about some of the things that the fishermen are going to need to know in order to get on successfully to Diamond Valley.
5: Okay. Well, we open May 18th, which is this coming up Wednesday. And for the first five days, um, Wednesday through Sunday, we'll be doing a raffle for uh, free six-month annual park and launch passes and be giving a lot of giveaways, just welcoming back everybody. And um, it's been crazy already this weekend. We probably had around 50 to 60 private boaters come in and get their boats already pre-inspected and got a boat band um, attached to their trailer and their boat, so they don't have to go through
1: the inspection right when we open up. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that inspection uh, uh, because it's very important to, to do to get on the lake. Uh, uh, are you going to be inspecting boats regularly between now and the 18th, or are there certain times? And what, uh, what uh, do you do for an inspection? What are the boaters that maybe haven't been on Diamond Valley yet need to know in order to get inspected successfully?
5: Okay, well, the first inspection that everybody has to go through is the one-time inspection is the MWD inspection. It's just to verify and make sure that their boat qualifies to come onto our water. has to have a four-stroke or a two-stroke direct fuel-injected motor. has to be at least 12 feet long, um, non-inflatable. And we do that inspection and make sure they have all their safety equipment on board then the second inspection is to make sure that they're clean, drain, and dry because we do not have quagga mussels in our lake. So we don't allow vessels that have any drop of water at all on their on their boat. So there's two inspections to be able to come on.
1: So when you say no drops of water, you are also, not only are you talking about bilges, but you are talking about live wells. You're also talking uh, also probably about, uh, you know, built-in ice chests and coolers, and then you're also talking about any wa- residual water that might be in the uh, uh, lower draw, outdrive of the motor. So uh, there's a couple of different areas to be inspected.
5: That's correct. Um, and we're pretty, uh, we've been known to be pretty tough um, because there's nothing for us to test if it's coming from uh, a clog infested water or not. So we have to, you know, always go on to the um, sense of any water at all, we can allow you to come on. But we do also accept Lake Paris, Silverwoods, and Lake Hemet bands. If they leave those waters, they get a band on, and we accept those just like they accept ours. So it's a little bit easier if you're in that network.
1: All right. Now, when it comes to uh, the opening on uh, May the 18th, uh, uh, how long ahead of time can people start queuing up, and uh, uh, what can they expect to do? What are, How do you collect the fees, and will there be a limit on the number of people that will be allowed on the lake?
5: Well, we'll be down at the bottom of the, the hill to our entrance about 4.30. We open up at 5.30. We'll start doing inspections and collecting fees down at the bottom to get the first hour of, voters that are already down there before we open so that will speed up the entrance of people coming in and that will continue for the whole as long as we're we're open and we are closed on mondays and tuesdays so it'll be wednesday through sunday
1: wow that is that's going to that's that's exciting go on
5: oh yes we're very excited um and of course if you have that band already on it's a matter of just ripping that band off and they don't have to wait for an inspection uh, we've been doing inspections for the last two weekends, so we got we got quite a few of uh, voters already.
2: How many think you're going to have?
5: Um, we can tap out about two hundred fifty, three hundred voters. So um, we'll have. It, it's going to be a little bit of a wait, just because at the bottom of the launch ramp there are only three lanes available. That's the extension. So. It will take a little while, but hopefully everybody gets in and out as fast as they can.
1: Well, for those, pe- for those people that haven't been following what's been happening at Diamond Valley, obviously the water level went down. But how much further were you able to extend the launch ramp while that water was down,
0: Tammy?
5: They only extended it another 60 feet. Um, in 2008 and nine, we extended it 250 feet of an extension, and then we're at the bottom. There's nothing else to extend because it flattens out. There's like a shelf. So that's as far as we can go. We went down to approximately elevation of 1,641. We are already up to 1,658. Okay. So the water is coming in. We have a while till we're out of those three lanes.
1: <laughs> right. So right now the way it looks, there, uh, there won't be uh, – It doesn't look like there will be any problem with botting them out or anything like that. There's plenty of room for, uh, you know, boats and trailers to launch. And uh, it's just maybe a long walk back down to the courtesy docks and, and then away from the courtesy docks to get back to the parking lot.
5: Correct. But a lot of people, before we closed, other people were giving, you know, people rides up and down when need be and then we're we always offer a ride up or down if we're available and we're not busy doing the boat rentals
1: well now yeah and and let's just talk about that really briefly for individuals that uh, don't have their own boats that can't get down there through uh, diamond valley marina you do offer boat rentals and you have a couple of different types of boats why don't you tell us about those
5: correct we have six different types we have anywhere from a pontoon boat uh, we have two different versions of a pontoon boat. One's more rigged up like a fishing pontoon boat. And then we have a premium bass boat, the deluxe bass boat that have fish finders and trolling motors. And then we have the fishing boats and the basic bass boats. So we have six different types. We have about 30 in the fleet right now.
2: Wow, that's great. Yeah.
5: yeah so that, it's been holding us through this last year. <laughs> but uh, we're very anxious to get the private boats back on the water.
1: Now, Tammy, if, if people want to call and find out more information about Diamond Valley or find out reservations, what boats are available, because I've got a, I've got a feeling you probably don't have very many boats left for, you know, the opening week, but uh, to find out how far ahead of time do you take reservations for boats and you know, give us all that information.
5: Okay, well, they can reach us at uh, our phone number, which is 951-926-7201. They can also go on our website, which is www.dvmarina.com. You can do reservations through there also. It gives you pictures of all the different types of boats and the fees and then um, any upcoming events. And then, uh, that, I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, that's wow. the way that they get hold of us.
1: Now, uh, in the time that the... Um... Uh, the lake has been down, and for the most part, it's been uh, closed to private boat launches. You have also, though, been allowing people to launch from the shore and, and boat rentals. But has uh, the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, have they done any studies or any shockings or anything like that to uh, uh, just ascertain how the fish population is doing?
5: Oh, yes. They, they're out there quite quite uh, throughout the years. They're always present. Um they're always getting on the water, whether it's one of our rentals or being able to somehow get theirs on. Um, so they're they're out there, and they'll be in full for, full force um, these next five days, making sure everybody is following the rules.
1: Okay. Now, uh, is uh, Diamond Valley is not a catch and release uh, only lake? You you can't take fish out of there. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. And besides, you know, largemouth bass, Diamond Valley is also getting known for its striper population. And I know uh, uh, during this time that uh, the water level is down. There's been some some great stripers caught out of Diamond Valley.
5: That is correct. There's been a lot of on the shoreline, and also on the rental boats. We haven't seen the a lot of the big big boys, but we've been seeing a few here and there. But a lot of in the five to seven pound range.
1: Right. Now, I I believe when did you close? Was it about September when uh, the the launch ramp closed, or when exactly was that?
5: It was April fifteenth, two thousand and fifteen. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> so now, a year and one month. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh! Now, during that time, were there uh, uh, were there any stockings going on in the lake?
5: Well, we did our trout stockings, and Department of Fish and Wildlife also did a few of their own trout stockings they put some browns and rainbows in but we continued ours throughout the season um unfortunately we can't stock anymore just because the water temperature's too warm now wow
1: well, i can understand that now from the reports you were getting from the boats that were going out uh, from your rental fleet uh, how was the bite
5: oh it's been really good largemouth bass have been really good they're drop shotting on cinco's in the browns and greens colors um, and then we've been seeing, you know, the striper bite here and there, but catfish are starting to show themselves. So, but the bass, the bass bite has been the predominant one.
1: Now, uh, if by any chance people run out of lures, or they don't think they have the right lure, or maybe they it get the fact that they, they get hungry or something like that, uh, up there at the Diamond Valley Marina. You've got a lot of services you can provide to the fishermen.
5: That's correct. We have a tackle store that does lures, plastics, night crawlers, anchovies, frozen stuff. Uh, We also have just hooks and weights and all of that. Then we have just the the bare necessities, chips and sodas and waters, stuff like that.
1: All right. Well, you know, Diamond Valley opening up on the 18th is going to be a big thing. And, And, Tammy, if people want to get a hold of you again at the marina, or uh, look into uh, renting a boat if they don't have a boat that's compatible uh, with getting onto the lake. How do they get a hold of you, either by phone or uh, by uh, on your website?
5: Correct. Phone number is nine five one nine two six seven two zero one, and our website is dvmarina.com. dot com. You could do either one of those.
1: All right. Well, hey, I know you are you are busy. You're looking. Uh, uh, you're working up there at Hemet. And you still uh, found time to be with us on Rod and Reel Radio. I can't thank you enough for clueing in our audience and giving us an update on what's happening at Diamond Valley Lake. And we look forward to seeing you in the not-too-distant future.
5: Correct. Thank you so very much.
1: Yeah. Tammy Terrell, uh, General Manager of Diamond Valley Marina. Tammy, thank you for being with us and taking some of your Sunday to uh, to, to talk to our audience.
5: Thank you.
1: All right, hey, that's it for the first segment of Ron Reel Radio. Stan Wendy and I, we're going to take a break right now, but afterwards, Phil Friedman's going to come on with an up-to-date report on what's happening in our Southern California offshore waters. This is Ron Reel Radio on AM540 or at rodreelradio.com. Stay tuned, a whole lot more to come.
0: we
7: If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
8: Love California. Boat California. Save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com.
9: Adventures. Call today HM Landing 619 222 1144 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 222 1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015
10: and 16, quantum fishing's gone and done it again for you. With the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your baitcasters. The PTA design has new PTXA frame. Lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, quantum fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355.
1: This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original Balloon Fishing Clip System, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers, or go to BalloonFisherKing.com for further information.
11: It's a big deal. You know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I've fulfilled my dream. That is just absolutely awesome.
1: Hey, Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with me here tonight. So is Wendy Shahara. And now it's time to find out what the heck is happening off our Southern California coast with the Saltwater Report. He is the voice of PFO Radio with what the heck is Phil thinking, Phil Friedman. Phil, welcome, guy. John, good to be
12: with you. Wendy, Stan, and everybody, always a pleasure.
1: Hey, thank you. Well, you know, it's a mixed bag I hear about what's happening out there. But, you know, I guess a lot of people have to realize it's still May.
12: Well, John, it is still May, and yes, it's a different year, and we touched on that last week. You know, we talked about this cold water that we're starting to see, a La Nina possibly in the future. You know, this reminds me a lot of 1998, coming off a really big-time El Nino, and 98 was a huge, very good albacore year, and I hate to mention the A-word here so early in May, but... You know, we're starting to move up on July, and I've got a feeling we might see some long fin this year. We're certainly seeing what we discussed last week on the show. We talked about the possibility of all the warm water that was still left over from that warm water bubble last year, as well as the El Nino, and now the La Nina kind of starting to take effect. More cold water in here than we've seen in quite some time, and we talked about maybe we just might see a year where you have some warm water species, perhaps along the Baja coast and extending up into Southern California, and then offshore a little bit the colder water stuff, and that's how it sets up now. Now, I mean, that, this can all change tomorrow. That's what makes this game so interesting, so fascinating, and so much fun. But we're certainly starting to see some evidence of that with more market squids starting to move into Catalina, with the Freedom catching limits of white sea bass here recently, wow. with good signs sea bass in the Channel Islands at Catalina Island. And, John, things are looking good. But you're right, it is, May. And with this colder water, we're, we're getting some, well, let's not even steer around it, some pathetic scores offshore. There was some really tough fishing that went on for bluefin and offshore with just a few yellows and maybe a yellowfin and maybe a bluefin. I like what happened on the Pacific Queen. They were on a day-and-a-half trip, and they were just eating it, having a horribly tough day. It was just very, very difficult. They strayed off into some new territory and found five or six really nice schools a blue pin that just didn't want to bite until 7.30. And then they hooked over 40 of these things into the dark they go. They got 15, and that's quite a feat, given the fact that they're fishing in the dark and on 60 to 80-pound BFT. That's a superior grade of fish. You've got to be tackled up for that stuff. You've got to be ready to go. And when you're doing that in the dark, anybody who's fished a night bite in San Diego that gets going sometimes at 4 in the morning or a sundown bite, as this was, knows how tough that can be. So that is certainly evidence of things to come. And, again, I believe that that bluefin is just a function of water temperature. Six, 67 degrees, that fish really likes to bite. You get above that, it bites even better. So I think we're going to be okay on that, and, and that should continue to come together. Coronado Islands up and down, but earlier in the week, man, the San Diego had some awesome scores, on nice, grade yellowtail, really beautiful fish, biting the yo-yo, biting the bait, really nice stuff, up over 100 fish on a day and it doesn't get much better than that. Now, San Clemente Island, out in that neck of the woods, it's been a little bit up and down also, but today out there, the Thunderbird had 30 yellows. Most of them are smallish yellowtail. They had some decent bottom fishing to go along with it. The weather was up a notch, so that contributed to making things a little bit more difficult. The Freedom with 21 guys had limits of Calico Bass, 23 yellowtail, and good bottom fishing also. Catalina Island, where we've seen some really good signal on WSB, colder water fish. Remember, White sea bass prefer the cooler water. That's a fish that starts to bite at 63, 63 half degrees. You get above that, it bites even better. And Sierra or, or market squid start to move in in that cooler water. We're getting dabs of that market squid at times, pretty darn good. And a lot of the boats have been able to take that squid and turn it into some good fishing on small yellowtail. Pursuit had several days up over 100. Yellowtail at Catalina Island. And as I mentioned, the Freedom had limits of white sea bass one day. But this weekend, man, I'll tell you what they had limits of. They had limits of boats. There was so much pressure out there at Catalina Island. On areas where there were maybe two sport boats fishing on Thursday, Friday, there were well over 20, 30 boats on those spots. And a lot of times that fish is very sensitive to pressure and it will shut down. And I think that's what happened here. I think we just got too many boats on top of it. Uh, Locally, we're continuing to look at good rock fish. Um, a smattering of barracuda here and there, a sign of springtime, but no big numbers on it quite yet, a few bonita. But predominantly the rockfish are biting. Tom Pipkin from Ojai, California. How about a 47-pound flatfish? Nice halibut mm. on board the island pack up there out of Cisco's sport Fishing in Oxnard. Tom, congratulations. Great rock fishing today out of Cisco's as well as Hooks Landing in Ventura and excellent fishing in Santa Barbara on the rockfish also. And here in front of the house, John, I might as well tell you, surf Fishing, Starting to pick up every single day. We're catching halibut here, not uh, legal fish all the time. We did have one legal the other day. But John Saxa here recently has been out there. He's had two halibut the last couple of days. Bob Osmond with a nice big yellowfin croaker. That really seems to be getting active. We're seeing more birds start to pick around, seeing more halibut starting to move in. So the surf bite is starting to come up. But it's a really fascinating year. I mean, we got... A crazy political year going on this year, so why not a crazy year on the water, too? We've got cool water, we've got warm water, we've got cool water fish, we've got warm water fish, it's all coming together, and it just points to what should be a really, really fun year,
2: John. Well, you, know, you know, with that packed cool. on, let me ask you a question, Phil, because the packed on usually runs out of Ventura uh, when in the winter. Did it move back down, did Kavanaugh move it back down to San Diego, or is he still running out of Ventura that ran into that bluefin?
12: Um, shoot, I, 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 if I said packed on, I made a mistake. It was the Pacific Queen.
2: Sorry about that. Oh, well, it's a Kavanaugh either way. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> you know, Phil, I was, well, hopefully, uh, 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 yeah, Wendy, go on.
4: I was going to say, hopefully I'll have something to report to you guys. I am jumping on the options Monday night, tomorrow night, fish and Tuesday.
1: Good, good. So is that an overnight or is that a day and a half, Wendy? Overnight. Is that already booked up, or is there room for people to get aboard? No,
4: it's already
1: booked. Oh, wow. That's going to be a fun trip. Yeah. We'd like to hear all about it, uh, because I think you're going to be right in the middle of it. And I know uh, a couple of guys out here from the shop, they're going on out on Monday on a private boat, and they're looking forward to... Catch some fish out there, too. But, you know, what you were saying, Phil, about the water cooling off, I was talking to uh, some of the folks down at Rancho Leonero uh, uh, over the week, and they say that right at this time, the water temperature there at the East Cape is seven degrees cooler than it was this time last year.
12: Yeah, John, we are definitely seeing the effects of the La Nina And that's not a bad thing. I mean, that's a a good thing. I mean, kelp grows better in the colder water. You get more bait, more life. All you have to do is look up north in the Arctic area and see all the life they have up there in that cold water. So cooler water is a positive. The kelp will grow, will will have different species. You're not going to see any wahoo at the Huntington Beach rigs. You're not going to see yellowfin tuna walking up there into the Channel Islands. But you are going to see much better white sea bass fishing. You're going to see a return of market squid into the area, you're going to see perhaps more Sambas and more barracuda, and with any luck at all, we'll see those regal fish, really my favorite. I I know a lot of people love to catch bluefin, and I do too, and yellowfin, but there's just something so majestic about an albacore down at 40 feet in that purple water with its wings out, gliding along. I mean, I just love fishing Albi and you know, albacore, they'll bite just about anything you throw at them, so it's not a question of you know, being a great fisherman to catch Albi, although they put up quite a tussle, but they are just such a beautiful fish. And I would so much love to see the return of the albie here. And I think if this is, and it looks like a 98 kind of season to me, if it is like 1998, we might very well see some albacore here in the next four weeks or so.
2: You know, the, that, that it's, it, it's a weird bubble that's got pushed up against the bank. We got all of this, uh, inshore, you've got warm water outside you got the cold water that's kind of keeping the warm water pushed up whatever that bubble is left that's pushing up here. as we get into summer you may you'll see it warm up and move around. but hopefully we get a shot before that bubble bursts and, and moves that the warmer water in you know as the summer goes on. but if those albacore if they're out there and they find them which I'm pretty sure the commercial guys are already playing out there uh, and we'll hear pretty quick. But that would be a fun thing because there's an awful lot of of fishermen nowadays that have never caught an albacore. I mean, look at all of the the people in the last what it's been ten years since the albacore came around, and we got a whole crop of fishermen that have never seen nor hooked an albacore, and and with the anchovies because there's a lot of anchovies out there right now, uh, that's going to be the bait of choice. So you're going to have to learn how to get a 196-8 out or something like that. A long rod with a little tip on it to throw an anchovy. So uh, it'll be a fun season to watch if that happens.
1: Well, you know, Dan, you can uh, get a hold of our friend uh, Kirk at Sure Strike Lodge in Craig, Alaska. And if you cra- if will uh, book an albacore trip with him, I'm sure he'll be happy to still take you out this year. You
2: know, I'm just about ready to go catch an albacore up there. <laughs>
1: You know, Stan, what uh, you and Phil though, are saying, I think, is indicative of what we're seeing down here. That cooler water is coming into the deeper water. Close to the uh, the coastline, we got the warmer water. And what's happening is I think all those tuna crabs that were out there are being pushed into the warmer water. And that's why we're seeing copious amounts of them washing up uh, along Imperial Beach into San Diego Bay, into Mission Bay, off of OB and... And, uh, Phil, have you had uh, any reports on just how far north that plume of uh, red crab goes? John, we've heard a little bit about that down there towards San Onofre and a little bit uh,
12: up above that. Um, and uh, that, that is exactly what is going on, I think. And there's many years in the past, back toward 98, I can remember going down, talking to Joe Chade on the Pegasus or one of the captains down there, And him saying, you guys want to go outside? The weather's a little bumpy. We're going to get our butts kicked out there. But there's good albacore out there. Or if you want to go down the Baja Coast, we can go down there and catch good yellowtail, maybe a Dorado and maybe uh, some other warm water species. So it, it seems like it's painting up to be that kind of year. And as I say, trying to predict in this game, is folly. It is so silly to even try it. But if anybody's silly enough to try it, it's me. And uh, I just—it
1: just looks like 98 to me. It looks like that kind of year. Well, Phil. Also, uh, you're our guy to give us some uh, insight on what's happening in the surf. What's been happening? Been uh, much improved halibut fishing here. We're seeing
12: halibut just about every single day. There's birds. There's bait. We we had a long period here in that warm water period where we didn't see any birds working in the surf, and the birds are back. The bait is back. We had a grunion run here recently. And it's very, very active down there. Coming off this last grunion run, things are starting to pick up. There's halibut in the shallows. Not all of them are legals, but they're biting the crocodile pretty darn well. They're biting the lucky craft pretty darn well. We're seeing some nice big elephant croaker, 14, 16, 18-inch YFC down there. So that looks pretty good. And we can see some corvina. I haven't caught any here recently, although we're not really fishing for them that much. so we're We're a poor gauge for that. But there's been some more and more of that around, and there's been – some nice spot fin croaker taken down toward the Huntington Beach Pier here by some friends of ours also. So that is becoming more and more active also, John.
1: Wow, that sounds uh, really good. And and uh, are the red crab coming on the beach over there? And are are halibut eating red crab? Or uh, is it just, uh, uh, you know, just everything's eating them?
12: Yeah, everything eats them. We don't see it up here yet. We haven't had any crabs on our beach here in Surfside. I I haven't had any reports of it down there at Huntington yet, but I I imagine it's just a a matter of time. And once they get here, just about everything in the water eats them. Even Wendy likes to batter
1: them up and uh, cook them. (laughs) Well, it sounds like Wendy's going to be going out this week, and she might be bringing back something really good to eat. So we're looking forward to hearing about that, too. Hey, uh, uh, Phil, I know we're just scratching the surface on – all the things that you report about in the fishing world, Uh, also a lot of things that aren't necessarily sports fishing related but are related to uh, fish being sighted uh, off our Southern California coast and literally all around the world. If people want to keep track of what you're reporting, what you're talking about, also if they want to, our uh, Spanish-speaking listeners, they want to hear what you're doing in Spanish, how's the best way to get uh, this uh, and put it all together? Thank you so much, John.
12: And Wendy's heading toward a great trip with that boat pressure coming off. I predict good sea bass fishing for her. Um, you can do that. The easiest way to do it is go to Facebook, PFO on Facebook for our English listeners, and Aventuras Alare Libre uh, on Facebook for our Spanish-speaking fans out there. Or you can go to our websites, also, pforadio.com, com. And you'll be able to listen to archive shows and catch up on all the very, very latest as we continue to monitor. We put our YouTube videos up to our Instagram photos, and all the rest of our social media stuff there. Facebook, PFO, or Aventuras Al
1: Aire Libre. All right. Phil Friedman, thanks a lot for a great report, Phil. We look forward to talking to you during the week and then hearing from you again next Sunday night at Rod Real Radio. Appreciate the great report, Phil.
12: John, always a pleasure. Wendy, good luck on your trip, Stan. Always good to hear from you. And have a great night,
1: everybody. Take care, everybody.
13: Thank, Thank you. You too.
1: You, All right. Phil Friedman, uh, the voice of PFO Radio. Hey, coming up next, we're going to have Captain James Nelson with the California inshore report. And then also we're going to uh, hear from Wendy. She's got some uh, news on a couple of new events coming on up for the Coastal Conservation Association. All of that coming up next. Stay tuned. We're going to take a break right now. We'll be right back after these messages.
9: Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed.
7: If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
8: Love California. Boat California. Save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com.
1: This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockleys Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rock Lease at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. This is your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. With me tonight is Stan Vandenberg and Wendy Toshihara. And now it's time for the Southern California Inshore Report with a fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, a very good Sunday to you. How's it going?
14: Oh, it's feeling wonderfully here, John. How about yourself?
1: We are doing good. You know, we were talking a little bit uh, about uh, the red crabs uh, coming in a lot closer to the shoreline because of, uh, the water is a little warmer here along Imperial Beach into San Diego and Mission Bay and up towards uh, OB in that area. Have you found uh, the fishing changing at all with this, uh, this deluge of red crab we have coming in?
14: We haven't seen any, John, but we've been in the back end of the bay, so we haven't seen any back there, uh, but we have seen, uh, evidence that they are there from the fish that we catch, but we haven't seen them actually swimming around like, like you do normally when you get around the point, like if they're coming in, like folks are talking.
1: Wow, you know, I had a report from uh, uh, one of the customers that came into Angler's arsenal here that is uh, stationed aboard one of the boats, uh, the Navy boats that is uh, ported here right now, and he was reporting that uh, there were red crabs in San Diego Bay all the way on the south side of the uh, Coronado Bridge, and a lot of these guys aren't from this here part, so they wanted to know if those were baby lobsters and if they were good to eat. Yeah, I just, I just, people thinking that. Wendy, uh, uh, Phil made reference to that. Uh, I know you've tried to do some things with them. Have you found any way to prepare them that you that maybe we would consider to be "quote unquote" good to eat?
4: Well, you, there's actually not very much meat in them, so I just deep fried the whole thing, and it's this. Just you know, crunchy like a potato chip, you know, like if you deep fried a, a bluegill and you got, to, you were able to eat the fins and the tail and stuff. It's just like that. Oh,
1: right. Okay. Hey, Captain James, you say you've been uh, going into the back of the bay. Obviously you're, um, uh, you're, you're, you're run by what your customers wanted to do. I guess they wanted to go back there. How, how's the fishing in the back bay right now?
13: It's been pretty good, John. You know, it's been, uh,
14: it's really weird. I mean, it's, things that we've uh, expected out of our weather as far as what is going to help us fish wise and it's you know it's that's it you just got to follow the weather pattern kind of go off that as far as what you expect might happen fish wise and it's been pretty accurate i mean basically here's a just a fine example john i'll tell you one one thing and i'll say it again and again and again bonefish like sunlight you know you can catch them when the sun's not bright and shiny but i'll tell you what you'll catch Hand over fist a lot better when it is, and that's what it's been like lately. That sun's shining, we're catching bonefish. When it's not, we're catching everything else.
12: It's just
14: how it's been. And it's, you know, we we play with it and we have fun and we catch what's biting and we'll have fun. You know, if if you start getting uh, all dead set on one fish or another and they decide not to show. And then you're going to be disappointed. But if you just go out there and just have a good time and catch what's biting, man, that day that is on fire. There, there's just, I mean, that's that simple. There's just so many fish out there to be, be had. And there's some days, John, you know, we're walking away with 12 13 different
13: species
14: of wow. fish because there's just so much back there. And well, that's, you know, you know from, that's from, you know, Chula Vista all the way to the mouth of the bay right now. It's just really, really been
1: good. Well, you know, bonefish are obviously one of the premium fish to, to go for in the back of the bay. Kind of an exotic thing. Uh, are there a, a couple of techniques you can leave us with uh, uh, if people want to indeed uh, target bonefish?
14: Well, like I say, go fishing whether it's shining, sun shining or not, because it's been beautiful out there. But if the sun's shining, you know, throw throw some uh, throw some shrimp-looking things out there. Throw shrimp even for that matter. Just Get out there and have a good time and uh, see what happens. You know, they, they like shallow, muddy areas, uh, but they're, they're not like what you see on Florida. So just throw everything that you see on TV shows or what they do in Florida and Bahamas and all that. Just throw that behind. <laughs> 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 just that well, but,
11: just...
14: but, You know, I have right now, um, I had set the IGFA record for Cortez bonefish on my boat last year with a gentleman, Steve Wozniak, who holds so many different records anyway and he's a species collector. The very next day, he broke that record for Cortez bonefish. That fish was less than 2 pounds, and I know we've caught fish bigger, but it doesn't matter, you know how that goes. And that one he caught in 22 feet of water on a uh, sardine head. We were fishing for something else. (laughs) <laughs> he caught a thirty-pound line. You know, it's just all the wrong ways that you'd expect to catch a bonefish. All the all the ways that the guys in Florida would just totally laugh if they found out we caught a bonefish that way. That's the way he caught it. I mean, we weren't like I said, we weren't even trying. It's just just what happened. so
2: Oh, come on! That's your yeah. your new secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
14: secret way to catch them. <laughs> it, it's such a haphazard way of catching them that I I, I love telling people. That's how you catch them.
1: <laughs> well, you know, Stan, you have to, yeah, uh, Stan and Wendy, you have to come up with new ways because uh, a lot of the fishermen, especially uh, those that come in here, are, are, are after the bat rays and the big leopard shark. And yes, indeed, there are fishermen that are targeting those species just to have something huge to pull on. They normally like to come in and and get uh, frozen squid. And right now, I don't think there's a, a tackle store in Southern California that has frozen squid. They have just not been available. So you got to look for other ways to catch these fish.
2: Yeah, you know, you have to be smarter than the than the tackle shops. If you go to some of the Korean markets, they've got squid, and that's bigger squid. No, they network. don't, Dan. Huh?
4: They everywhere's out. My, the Chinese markets that I go to, everyone's out.
2: Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, I had yeah, somebody a while I started, back. I had sent somebody down, and they got some, and they took it out on the overnighter to uh, the islands up here. So you now, you know, this stuff—if it comes around now—we get that market squid comes in. It's going to be party on. Yeah,
14: oh, Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, you know, and that's it. And the fish—you know, the fishermen
14: are having to do. So you can imagine what the fish are having
1: to do. Now, oh. now rumor has it, uh, Captain James, that you got a special birthday trip happening on Monday, and. You guys are going to go out there and uh, see if you can uh, do something that's uh, a little bit different.
14: Yeah, you know, it would be great for me. I mean, (laughs) it would be more of a research trip than anything because I have no intel on what we're doing tomorrow. We're basically just going to get in the boat and drive west, I think.
1: Okay, <laughs> you know, and I'm sorry. You know, one cool tuna left uh, one of his Z bars over here, and I've had to guard it with my life because uh, last uh, weekend uh, a cool tuna left 16 Z bars here in the shop, and by uh, Wednesday evening they were gone. So the uh, the word is out on uh, cool tuna Z bars, but I do have one waiting for you, but I wanted to give it to you personally because I was afraid you might never see it.
14: Yeah, you know, I'm getting the feeling that that may still be the case.
1: <laughs> Don't wait too long. Hey, Captain James, if people want to get a hold of you, find out what the schedule is because I know that uh, you are really booking up right after school begins. You take a lot of families out and, and uh, it's stuff like that. How's the best way to get a hold of you, see your schedule, and book a trip off of our Southern California coast to be with you?
13: Well, you could always reach me online.
14: And, John, you're not kidding. I was just looking at the calendar. I am booked until next Tuesday. Isn't that nutty? (laughs) But uh, anyway, so, yeah. So, anyway, uh, they could always reach me online. And don't be afraid, even if the schedule looks like I'm booked, I might know somebody and or, you know, you never know what happens. Things do happen change you know so give me a call we'll see what we can do Uh, that's another way to reach me It's just by telephone
1: 619-395-0799 yeah don't be afraid to call captain james uh, so that uh, if you are unsure the type of trip you want to go about or the skill levels of the individuals that are fishing with you can talk to captain james tell you what trips are available what you can do what gear you can bring so you can be in your comfort level and still go out and have a great time of fishing
13: Oh, absolutely.
14: And, you know, like I said, right now it's a great time to fish just about everywhere. I'm going to go find out exactly how, how good it is getting off the coast. Uh, so, you know, we'll have that information because I know those trips are coming up. Folks are going to want them and I don't blame them, especially if the place is loaded with those tuna crab again.
1: Well, keep, uh, keep listening because we'll have Captain Frank Corsetti It's uh, going to be on with us. He's going to give us the, the latest update on what's been happening with the fleet out there a little after 6 o'clock. So, But uh, I hope you go out there and get them, and good luck to them, and and please say happy birthday to the birthday boy for us, will you?
14: Oh, absolutely, John. We'll take pictures of him wearing a hat
1: or something. (laughs) Okay. Captain James (laughs) Nelson, the fish icon. Captain James, thanks a lot for being with us.
14: You bet. Thanks, John. Stay Wendy. Talk to you guys next week.
1: Yeah, we look forward to it. Hey, Wendy, I I wanted to get together with you because there are uh, some special events coming up in the next couple of weeks with the uh, Coastal Conservation Association that we want to hear about, and you're the person to tell us what's up. Well, coming up this
4: Saturday, May 21st, we are having the first Coastal Conservation Association Los Angeles Chapter Barbecue, and it's going to be held at the Compton Hunting and Fishing Club in Compton. It's a really nice venue. Um, it's a big property. Um, the uh, tickets are $50 a piece, and it goes to a good cause, and we'll have a live option, silent option, raffle prizes. We have lots of great sponsors, um, so hopefully people will be able to come down. Um, it is on our Facebook page, which is Coastal Conservation Association California. You can also visit our website at CCA California dot org. We also have another uh, event, and this is our San Diego chapter. We're going to have a fight for your right to fish, and it's actually going to be at a brewery. Um, it's going to be at Bolt Brewery, and that's on Tuesday, May twenty fourth, from six to nine pm. It's a membership drive, and there's tapas, uh, tapas and beer tour.
1: Well, I happen to know about that Bolt Brewery event because it happens to be just two doors down from Angler's <laughs> Arsenal here in La Mesa. So we are very familiar with their wares. Uh, it's going to be from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Bolt Brewery on Center Street in La Mesa. And uh, i got to tell you also what we're going to do is during that time, we're going to run an open house here at uh, Angler's Arsenal. And from 5 to 9 p.m., any purchases that are made – for many of the visitors there at Bolt Brewery that come for the CCA meeting, we will donate 20% of our gross back to the CCA. So uh, go over, have something great to eat here uh, from Wayne uh, Cotto, because I don't have to tell you, Wendy, you you've been seeing it. Wayne is doing a great job. Promoting this organization and getting in there and starting to fight for the those things that uh, we might be losing if uh, we didn't have the the CCA representing us. That's
4: right, and you know Wayne just did an awesome job. He spoke at the um, Oceanside Senior Anglers uh, meeting, and um, it just so happened one of the city council women women were she was at the um, she's a fisherman and she was at the meeting. And Wayne had talked to her about closing the Oceanside Pier, and he convinced her to um, take it off the table, and she did. So that was great, and it was just, you know, Wayne did it all by himself. He's doing a wonderful job. And we just got an Orange County Chapter president. It's Aaron Jeffrey, and we should be having our Orange County Chapter event coming up November 5th. Details to be announced.
1: Right. You know, and these are things that are happening behind the scene that a lot of people don't know about. The the closing of the Oceanside uh, uh, Pier over there. I mean, their city council could come along, have a meeting, and, and almost with little or no uh, public advertising could even think about doing that and closing it to recreational fishermen, whether it be, you know, during evening hours or whatever it is. There are things like that are happening, and and in this particular day and age, there are folks out there that are looking at ways in restricting your right to fish. They're they're looking for prohibitions much rather than management. And, and Wendy, it's happening all up and down our coast.
4: Oh, yeah, it's, it's horrible. And you know, just because CCA is around doesn't mean everybody can just rely on CCA. If you hear something, let us know. We need to know because... All the eyes and ears, you so know, hopefully we won't miss anything.
2: All right, when, when How do they let you know? What do they call or what do they do?
4: Um, we have um, um, Wayne's um, email is on our CCA dot org website, and I think his phone number's on there too. You can also contact us through Facebook.
1: Yep, there you um, go. You got a, a direct link uh, to the CCA uh, on the Ron Real Radio site, so. A lot of ways to get to them. Let, know, let them know what's happening, if you've got an issue or if you've got questions, or better yet, how you can join and be part of the fight, because it's going to take us all. It just can't be a couple of people out there. That's right. All right. Hey, Wendy, thanks a lot. Uh, we appreciate that. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now. That's the end of the first hour of Ron Real Radio. If you missed any of it, just go to RonRealRadio.com hit the archive page, or go to your favorite uh, uh, iTunes uh, uh, app and just search Rod and Real Radio, and you can find our past shows there. So uh, coming up next, Frank Urseti is going to be with us from the uh, Ranger 85. Stay tuned. There's still a lot more Rod and Real Radio to come. We'll be right back after these messages.
9: Adventures. Call today HM Landing 619 222 1144 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced anglers, first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 222 1144 or
7: hmlanding.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
8: Love California. Boat California. Save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com.
7: Quantum Fishing's got
10: something for everybody. From the smallest angler into the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal.com at 619-466-8355.
3: Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped
15: me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember,
1: nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. Hey, let's welcome our next guest. He is the owner-operator of the Ranger 85, also the uh, managing partner at H&M Landing. Uh, a lot of things happening off our local coast, and we thought we'd ask him to come aboard and kind of clue us in on uh, some of the neat things we can look forward to, not only this coming weekend, but in the weeks to come. Captain Frank Ersetti. Captain Frank, welcome to the show, sir.
13: John, thanks for having me on tonight.
1: It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's great. Also, we have Wendy Toshahar and Stan Vanderberg with us too, Frank.
13: Hi, Wendy, Stan. How are you?
4: Hey, Frank, we're doing good.
13: Nothing but good. Nothing but good. Well, so
4: Frank.
1: Good. Hey, Frank. There's all kinds of things happening. It's amazing the buzz that you're finding around on the docks. And here we are. You know, we've talked about it for the past few weeks, but you know, it's still early in the season. It's only May.
13: It's super early, and it's. Uh It's typical springtime fishing with a kicker to it. Yeah, it is. It's actually incredible springtime fishing with a little bit of bluefin, yellowtail fishing. It's There's something for everybody right now. Now, we've been fighting a little bit of weather the last couple of weeks, and you can almost pattern it out if you really watch. That fish starts to bite, whether it's a little bit of bluefin offshore or that near-coast or island yellowtail The wind blows for a couple of days, the count kind of slides back, and then once we get a couple of days of good weather, it's all back on the chew again. It's been really exciting springtime fishing.
1: You know, we're talking about uh, what's happening with the water. We're talking about the red crab. Uh, Do you see an evolution or a change in our waters here, or do you think this warm water is going to hold up uh, like it did last season?
13: I have a, I have a real strong feeling that it is. We're seeing so much of that crab around, which is indicative, obviously, to warm water or an El Nino cycle, um, while while some folks think that it might fall apart midsummer. I don't see that. There's If you look at what's happening right now, it almost seems like we're getting a delayed spring in terms of weather patterns these last few weeks. We've had some pretty significant blows. Now, typically what that would do would roll the water over and maybe drop it three or five degrees. We see that happening for a day, but that water rebounds right away. And What that indicates is that there's such a mass of warm water deep that these springtime blows can't cool that water down enough. I, we're going to have a strong, strong season, John.
1: Well, you know Frank uh, Phil Friedman just reported uh, before you came on that the Pacific Queen went on out there and it wasn't until about 7:30 in the evening that they started hitting fish and they uh, uh, they hooked up uh, maybe 40 fish but they only brought about 15 aboard which is an indicative of, of there being some humongous fish out there
13: oh it's uh you're absolutely right and and yesterday was yesterday was one of those tough days. There's so much crab, this fish is full, um, and it, it gets a little bit picky to bite, but that, you're exactly accurate. With all day, those guys were combing the ground. They saw so many spots of fish. They swept out so many schools, very, very slow most of the day. And then late in the day, that fish started to bite. Two of the boats that were on the day-and-a-half trips yesterday ended up with about 25 fish or so each, and, there were some of those larger fish in the mix. Remember this time last year, we were catching, like, you know, some 20 to 50-pound fish? That fish is a notch bigger this year. So yep. it's super important that everybody, <laughs> when you're fishing this year, I don't even on the shorter trips, on day trips and on day-and-a-half trips, you have to come diversified with some heavier gear to take <laughs> advantage of this. There's some big fish around. I mean well, you know, the guys fish. that
2: go on these, the, the one-day trips or day-and-a-half trips have been, you know, they're fished, everybody tells them, bring, you know, 25, or, or, or you know, when the bluefin were going, 20 or 25 and, and 30 and and maybe some 40. Well, now you better have 40 and maybe some 50 or, or even some. Uh, if, if you happen to run into that really big stuff that's out there, because somebody saw that stuff bouncing out of the water that was 100 and up, um, right the, you could get into the, some really you could get the train wreck out there this year
13: <laughs> it's true you know what this isn't your grandfather's bluefin fishing you know have to come <laughs> prepared this isn't like this isn't like you know 30 years ago hey you have to bring your your light line and there's just so tough to get to get bit on and I'm telling you you have to have that heavy gear right now yeah there's there's fishing and you know what even on the three quarter day trips we're we're seeing these counts kind of roller coaster ride up and down, but as we start getting deep into May, we start getting into more stable weather patterns. That fish is going to bite again, and it's within three quarter day and full day range. And you have to be prepared. There's some real trophy opportunities that await the angler this year. Seriously. Yeah, well, look at incredible. what we were doing
2: last year. The guys on like the first ring or whatever, and some of the guys were just they were going out early in the morning and targeting that really big bluefin out there. They'd hang a dozen of them and land one or two over a hundred, and some up to what a hundred and seventy or something like that. Right. You don't get a chance to do this very often right off our coastline, but Not- uh, fifteen years ago we had the bluefin out here that would come in and and they were hundred pound plus fish. And we got shots at them, and I got lucky. I got six of them in one day, over 100. But it doesn't happen very often in, in our lifetimes when you're going to get a shot at this. This fish could happen this year because of the way that it's come in. And then they've seen that really big stuff bouncing around. I mean, that stuff that's well over 100, um, along with, look at the 60 to 80-pound fish we're catching already. So, a guy's got to go out there thinking, you know, if you run into it, you'd better have the right gun for the bear hunt, uh, or you're going to get you're the wrong end of the stick on this one. You're going to have to have at least 40 and 50 ready on every trip, and you might need your troll rod that you have 80 on just in case you get out there early in the morning and there's a shot at it.
13: Absolutely. You have to have the heavy gear if you want to even be a contender in this contest this year, and it, it's going to be that same, it's going to be the same. I feel, if not better than it was last year, for having opportunity to go out and target some of that bigger fish. The guys are already able to do it. Um, we've seen a number of those bigger fish already hit the hit the slab in front of the landing this year. So, and it's it's early, it's early, it's early. But it's going to be, I believe, fish that will persist. Plus, let's not forget last year things were getting pretty dicey with mexico this time of year and right now we relationships are good we have access in mexico we can target bluefin in mexico this year we're going to have some tremendous opportunity i'm super super excited in the process
1: <laughs> you know frank for uh, those folks that are kind of like myself that are used to fishing overnight a uh, day and a half two and a half day trips I, i'm not used to rigging up 50 and 60 pound rods to go after tuna and especially they've been fly lining these things can can you give us a little hint if if i do have a 50 and 60 pound rig how, how am i setting it up
13: you want to make sure that you have a a good fluorocarbon leader john and something that's going to match um something that's going to match either your spectra that you're fishing with it and always remember probably one of the most important things that In Angler Baser, I should say one of the most, one of the most common mistakes that I see or most common question I have anglers ask is what about hook size? Hook size always depends upon the size bait that you're fishing and also the pound test line that you're fishing with. So it's real important. The most important thing I would have guys do is either get a hold of the landing a couple days ahead of time. You can usually tell when you're watching scores what's going on and always defer to the crew or the tackle shop when you get there and we'll get you set up with the right gear prior to
1: that sounds great now now frank uh, is there uh, any word that are coming up uh, from the boats that are either going down south or coming on up is is it, what's in the water are they running into it? what are they seeing uh, are the mexican sayners out there doing their thing what what's the condition that's happening uh, south of the border right now
13: john, john there's a whisper rumor here just a few days ago that guys were having to steer around spot the wahu at about 450 miles which Kind of got everybody really excited, um, because that's, that's incredible for this time of year. Uh, that certainly bodes well with what we were talking about a few minutes ago and the same <laughs> warm water. Um, there are there are, that bluefin that the guys were targeting um, just this last week has kind of taken a step to the inside, so it's actually moved in towards the beach a little bit closer. That being said. It's not in so tight that we need passports, but I always want to make sure, and I I really appreciate the time that you have me on the show, but I always want to throw out that public service announcement to all of our anglers fishing this year. Don't forget, if you have your passport, always bring it. Always, always, because the way this fishing is, you never know. If it gets within 12 miles of the coast or 12 miles of the islands, we need that passport. So make sure you have it. Not required on most trips, but some trips it is. Um, we are seeing more and more bluefin, I feel, from what the guys have talked about so far, longer trips that are coming up the line, as well as what trips we've had offshore so far. There's an even bigger mass of bluefin than what we had last year. Oh, crud.
2: <laughs> uh, isn't that horrible? <laughs> that's just a, that's, a, that's almost a- ruinous look at this yeah. look at how many people are gonna to have to upgrade their tackle
13: <laughs> uh, okay it's gonna be an, it is going to be an exciting season for sure you
2: know uh, the, one of the things the guys have got to think about this you know don't go out there if if you have the shot at this fish um, uh, that hundred and and it goes up over a hundred the standard must- add hook you know that 94 150 is a great hook for for up to that 60, 80-pound fish, but after that, you need to start thinking about upgrading to something that the 2X or 3X strong hook, whether it's Mustad, the uh, owners, or Gamagatsus, uh, and there's smaller hooks that, with the 2X or 3X strong, will handle that fish. you got to think of the drag pressure you're putting on them. You're okay with that 60, 80-pound string that you're going to be fishing that fish with, hopefully, if you, if you get into those really big ones, well, then it's Katie bar the door on whatever you've got to use. Uh, hopefully you have some knowledge and you've got the right gear when you hook them. But the the chance of getting that 60 to 80-pound fish is really, really good. The other chance of getting something that, because that 80-pound fish that was here last year is going to be up to 100 pounds this year, and you could get into that stuff at any point in time, just make sure you've got the at least, Give yourself a chance with the right fluorocarbon and the right hook and the right pound spectra, so you have a shot at it and get a two-speed reel gang.
13: <laughs> That's what I was going to close with right there. That's probably one of the most important things. And and there's so many two speeds out on the out on the market now, and a guy doesn't have to get crazy. You can certainly get your feet wet with an entry level two speed, but it does give the angler the advantage. It's huge. So many of our guys have graduated from just single speeds to two speeds that they don't even look back. We see them rock fishing in the winter with their two speeds because they love it so much. Oh yeah, it's that's for sure. But truly, once you go once you go that direction, it's hard to go back for sure. And you know, the other thing is make sure
2: the rods matched up for the pound test that you're you're going to be using. Uh, some of the older rods, especially the glass rods, don't have any recoil when they get bottomed out on heavier lines. So. Uh, there's a little, you need to do a little homework, uh, go to a local tackle shop, the independents, don't go to Big Five, <laughs> and find out, you know, what is a good balance rod and reel combination that I can use for this, Is and even take your gear in. Will this work with this? And make sure, hopefully, that the guy inside that tackle shop knows what he's doing a little bit.
1: Now, Frank, if a uh, fisherman is going out of H&M landing and he'd, he uh, he gets there and he finds out that uh, these are the conditions and there's big fish out there. He doesn't have a two-speed uh, that he's invested in. H&M Landing can help him out there, can it not?
13: Absolutely. We have a full line of both single and two-speed uh, rental outfits that are available. In fact, we upgraded our gear just this last year. I know the guy that happened to purchase them. Um, <laughs> we've got... Uh, we've got Leverage your eggs, is, and again, it's two speeds for a guy that wants to try it out if he doesn't want to go out and buy that gear. So, without a doubt, without a doubt, a guy can literally show up and go fishing, and we'll get you all set up and outfitted.
1: You know, well, you've and, already got
13: about oh, half
2: a dozen <laughs> of my crew on one of my trips that are going to be calling you for gear. So,
1: no problem.
2: tuned that up.
1: You know, and, and Frank, uh, for, again, for those fishermen that are used to going out on overnight three-quarter boats and, and maybe they've had a chance to catch a, a, a 30, 40-pound fish, uh, is there any type of a technique, hint that you can give us that if they get into one of these big fish that they can employ that you, you don't necessarily see or they may not have learned on these smaller fish?
13: You know, it's a, that's a good question and it's, it would take a long time to answer it. I feel like we'd almost have to have a full seminar to go through <laughs> it, but it's that, and I, I tell you what, the most important thing that an angler needs to recognize is just take your time, relax, and just follow your fish. Yeah. Um, what I oftentimes see as an angler, and we all do it, we get so excited, especially when we, when we sink the hook, when we set the hook on that, on that fish, and makes that initial run, and then right now, with all of these large fish around, we get so excited, we start doing things that we shouldn't. We look down, line's ripping off the reel. Our first, and again, novice and expert angler alike make this first big mistake. They look down, they either want a thumb to thumb the spool or advance the drag to slow that fish down on that initial run. Stop, just relax, know that your gear is already set right, because... Hopefully it is before we step up to the rail
11: and preset our drag. That's very
13: important. Once we set that hook, we have to just lean back and enjoy the ride. That's what we're there for, right? Let that fish make that initial run. Do not try and stop it or turn its head on that initial run. It has to do its thing. Once it stops, then we go to work. But it's very, very important to just kind of maintain composure, just relax, and let that fish go, and above all, follow that fish. Keep that line directly in front of you. Take the time, work your way around the boat.
2: Yeah, that keeping that line in front of you means if you hang the fish on the stern and and that fish has a little bit of an angle, especially when he takes off, because a lot of time with bluefin, you're on a long soak. It's way out there 100 yards or better. Mm-hmm. And when that fish takes off and starts going one direction or, or another, it's got a little bow in that line. So when it starts going, by the time you see your line going one way or the other, you need to start getting over and under and make it to whichever way you've got to go, around the boat one way or the other, up to the bow and around the bow, whatever you got to do, but be in front of your fish. Try to figure out where he's going ahead of time because by the time you see which way he's going, he's already up the other side of the boat. So that's a really good tip for the guys that don't do this often, um, especially with biggins. When you get into that bigger fish, Uh, it, it is very important that everybody on the boat, and I have one rule on my boat. The biggest, the first rule is make sure the guy that, that's next to you catches his fish. No matter what it takes, you make sure that that guy next to you catches his fish. You gotta move, go over, around, no matter what, make sure he's, the guy that next to you is on catches his fish. Because if everybody's doing that, you really work well together, um, but you're going to have to play the game, especially when that bigger fish comes into play.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stan, you know, one of the things that's a general rule is that uh, uh, you know, dumb questions are a lot easier to handle than stupid mistakes, and those <laughs> yeah. deckhands are there to help you. So no matter how experienced you think they are, they are as excited for you to catch your fish as you are getting that fish on. So any questions at all or advice that they can give you, listen to the deckhands, because they're the guys that uh, that are in the trenches there every day, and they've got a pretty good handle on the techniques to use to help you get your fish in. So that's, you know, that's so, a, that's, I'm sorry, go ahead, Wendy.
4: Oh, I was going to say, you know, the rail is my friend.
13: Amen. <laughs> there, that's a good clue. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you need to, you need that rail for some of those bigger fish. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> that's a good tip, Wynn, because yeah, learning to leverage that rod on the rail and not to to fight the the rod so much as fight the fish. Um, that is that's a technique that uh, it, you listen to the deckhands and they'll they'll tell you how to do that, especially if you get the big one.
1: All right. Hey, Captain Frank, uh, we've run out of time here, and we've hardly had a chance to talk about the Ranger 85, but if people want to see the selection of boats uh, that are available and the trips out of H&M Landing uh, uh, to, to see what each boat offers, uh, to get fish reports, uh, what's the best? where's the best place to go?
13: There's only one place to go, John, hmlanding.com. Everything from breaking news, fish counts, charter information, our open party schedule, hmlanding.com.
1: All right. Captain Frank Cercetti, thanks a lot for taking some of your Sunday to be with us. Uh, uh, we got to check in with you soon because I'm interested to see the stuff that you've done with the Ranger 85 because most of the skippers pull their boats out maybe every 24 months. You pull your boat out every 12 months just to make sure Everything is copacetic on it. We
13: haul every year, especially this time of year, right close to the summer. We want to make sure we have a fresh bottom, everything's all clean. We always tune up our props, make sure everything's all ready to go because we're going to be offshore fishing. So we always, always, always haul each year in May to make sure that we're in tip-top shape to head offshore.
1: And what will be your schedule? What kind of trips are you running this year on uh, the Ranger 85, Captain Frank?
13: So we're doing anything from one day to three and a half days. We start June thirtieth, and I want to come back on the show and talk about our HM Landing Offshore um, jackpot that uh, our jackpot tournament that departs June thirtieth. But we're going to uh, we're we're fishing anything from one to three and a half day trips. So we're pretty well, excited with the prospect, with the setup, with all the <laughs> I Can't wait.
1: Yeah, let, uh, let's uh, for sure. Let's make a date to do that. Uh, and I got a feeling. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be really excited about the fish report out there. So, Captain Frank, we're going to take you up on that rain trek and uh, get you back real soon.
13: Sounds good. I appreciate it, John, Wendy. Stan, I appreciate you having me on today. Well, go out and catch some of those big ones, Frank, and
2: then call <laughs> us and we'll we'll get you back on here quick. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. we Will do. <laughs> it's not pressure. That's just fishing.
1: Hey, that was got Captain uh, Frank Orsetti, owner-operator of the Ranger 85 managing partner at H&M Landing. Uh, hey, we got to take a break right now. We're going to do a, like a little extra-long commercial break here, and then when we come back, we're going to try and have the most complete report you're going to find on what's happening in the high Sierras. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Rod and Reel radio to come.
7: If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
8: Love California. Boat California. Save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com.
10: Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com.
16: Two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers. Stateroom and open berthing areas. An impressively large deck area. 200 scoop bait capacity. We have twin 6-ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh. And our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to HM Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at ChiefSportFishing.com.
7: If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water.
8: Love California. Boat California. Save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com.
2: Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about
13: fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those
16: guys are who I thought they were.
3: Hey, bass fishermen! Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at one eight hundred Bass Boat for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In nineteen seventy four, I developed the Bass Boat program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason: no depreciation or any partial claim for your hull seven two six two or just spell bass boat one eight hundred bass boat i know there's too many letters but the t is free and the calls on me that's one eight hundred bass boat the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance for more information log on to one eight hundred bass
7: if the fish are biting i'm on my boat rain or shine of course i wear my life jacket it's like wearing a seatbelt. clip it on grab my tackle box and hit the
8: water Love California, Boat California, save California. Share the love at boatcalifornia.com.
1: Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Ron Real. We do want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. And we want to tell you that this portion of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the California Department of Boating and Waterways. And remember, both boating safety and water conservation don't happen by accident. So make sure you're safe on the water and that you're conserving all the water that you can. Hey, now it's time to uh, make a trip around the eastern Sierras. And Stan, you've invited some guests to come aboard. Why don't you get on with the report?
2: All right, my pleasure. Well, first off, we're going to go to Big Fish Land. <laughs> it's where the big fish almost every year Scott at the opener in the Sierras up at Bridgeport Lower Twin Resort, and they've got the docks and the boats there. That you, if you haven't got one yourself, go rent them. And I think we're talking to Robert. Robert, how is Bridgeport Lower Twin doing?
11: Uh, pick, fishing's really picked up here lately. Um, they're catching a lot of rainbows, uh, you know, five, six, seven-pounders. Um, and then we had a brown come in this week that was uh, 10 pounds, nine ounces. How big? Yeah, big? fish, 10 pounds, 9 ounces.
2: 10-9. Nice. We had
11: a 10-10 to start with and a
2: 10-9 right behind it, 10-7, yeah. a 9-7. I mean, this is some pretty good fishing up there.
11: Yeah, it's uh, it's doing really well. The kokanee are still down, um, but they're starting to really school up and tighten up, and uh, everybody's just kind of waiting for them to rise, and then the browns will kind of rise with them. Uh, but the so water's getting pretty cool because the lake's full and so, uh, you know, we got that snow melt that's coming in and keeping the water temperatures down. So are, they, are most of your big fish caught on trolling? Yeah, I would say, uh, well, I mean, for the browns, all, I'd say almost all the big browns are caught trolling, um, but they're doing great off the points near the marina and uh, along the roadside up here, they're they're catching four to eight pound rainbows on a daily basis.
2: <laughs> That's some really excellent fishing. four to eight pound rainbows. What are the guys? Uh, are they throwing a nightcrawler? Are they using a power bait? What are they catching the rainbows on? And what are they trolling for the
11: browns? Uh, for the rainbows, they're using a little bit of everything. Um, they're kind of mixing different power baits. Um, green seems to be really hot right I'm now, about to go on the radio and they're so dipping a lot of stuff in the hatchery dust, and, uh, sure. and then the browns, they're trolling, uh, you know, like the six-inch Yozuri and Rapalas, um, and just, you're just trying everything, I mean, all those big lures, and, you know, normally you're trying to kind of mimic the kokanee, so keeping with, the, like, the blue and the white belly or the silver belly, and... Um, but really, it's, it's spending the time on the lake and putting your time in and, uh, you know, hoping you, you know, present that bait to the brown at the right time. Well,
2: you know, that's always been the case up there, you know, and, and those, uh, that Yozuri bait has a rattle in it, and, and it's one of the only lakes up there that they like the rattle. So that's something to keep in mind if you're going up there. If they're going to come up and uh, do some fishing at the Lower Twin Resort there or outside the Lower Twin at Bridgeport, you have a phone number somebody can call and talk to you guys
11: yeah the number is 760-932-7751 and uh... there's an extension that will get you directly to the boathouse or just ask for myself robert or keith anytime and uh... we'll be happy to give you a fish report and let you know what's going on well with fish cat you're catching rainbows up to eight pounds and and browns into the nine and
2: ten pound range that's pretty good fishing and i mean you that Traditionally, big fish comes out of that lake every year uh, for the for the season. Not always, but traditionally, that's been the big fish re- uh, lake for the Sierras, and and you've got a great resort up there. Everything you guy needs for his camping facilities. So I uh, thank you for for the report tonight, and uh, we'll be in touch as we go through the summer here, back and forth, and we'll keep up to date on what's happening up at Bridgeport.
11: All right, thanks for having me on. Oh, for
2: Robert. All right, my pleasure. Hopefully, now we've got uh, we can go to June Lake Thank you. Thank
13: you.
2: and uh, find Hi. out what's happening in June Lake and June Lake Loop with Don. Don, are you there?
15: Hey, I'm here. Hi, how are you?
2: Pretty doggone good for a Sunday evening. So, what's happening up at June Lake and the? What do you hear about the loop?
15: In the loop, you know, the fishing's been great this weekend. Saturday was really good, even though we had a little bit of wind and. A little bit of chill, but the, it was clear weather, and the fishing was excellent. A lot of six-pounders out of June, an eight-pounder, um, a seven-pounder, all rainbows, a four-pound cutthroat came in. Most everything here has been bait. On floating nightcrawler, crawler, inflated, and dipped in garlic, um, any garlic power bait. The troll has been deep. On lead core line, it's been seven to eight colors. But most of the action I'm seeing is out in the reeds, right out front of the marina that I look out my window at in the cove. Which most of our customers will know what I'm talking about is in the reeds. The big fish are coming out of there. Really? So along that, it was excellent as well.
2: Yeah, along that, along that. That part where the marina is, you've got, uh, right. your weeds or reeds that go all the way around that side of the lake. So in up in the against cove that.
15: right there to the left of me as I'm looking out at the lake out front the windows. So that was just going off yesterday. It was just excellent fishing and also under the highway past the boulder lodge and the firehouse where the deeper water cuts off right there. Yep. It was some excellent fishing there as well. So today, a little bit slower. You know, Sunday is kind of a a slower day before school gets out. You know, it's just the weekend visitors coming up. But it's gorgeous right now. And I haven't really heard too much else around the loop because, you know, I'm right here on June Lake Marina. So um, that's about all I can tell you. Well, that's good enough.
2: If somebody's coming up to June Lake and they want to rent a boat, you've got the facilities there to help them out with that. Plus, you've got the knowledge to help you with what they need to throw. What's your phone number?
15: uh, Our phone number is 760-648-7726. And we have aluminum boats, pontoon boats, which I recommend you reserve in advance because we have seven, which is the most in the loop. So, um, yeah, we have everything you need, a tackle shop. And so, yeah, come on
1: out. Do you uh, do you suggest reservations for the boats? Have the crowds been so that uh, everything's been taken up on the weekends, and the the weekdays are still good, or is is the crowd kind of died down a little bit since opening?
15: Since opener, it has. And our business will mostly be weekenders, and um, the pontoon's are the things you need to reserve in advance, starting the. The first week of January, we start taking reservation on pontoons. We have seven now. We'll have up to 11 pontoons um, by the end of July, and they go out every day. So right now is a slow time. Once school is out, then everybody's here, and that, you know that is the busy time. It is July.
2: and then you the have facilities for will
15: come in September. Well, so, yeah, and that's a beautiful month to come as well.
2: Do you have the facilities for camping or if, they're, if they want to rent? Everything.
15: There. There's, the whole loop is surrounded with um, campgrounds. There's plenty of motels and lodges. And so 158 yeah. goes in a 12-mile horseshoe shape. There's four lakes in June Lake Loop and every single lake rents boats. And there's cafes and um, Tiger Bar is famous.
11: Oh, yeah, and Tiger Bar has got the oldest liquor license in California. <laughs>
4: I want to what? talk about the other fish in your lake, my favorite fish. How's the Sacramento <coughs> fish doing?
1: Well, that's we don't have down that in your lake. That's oh, Crowley. <laughs>
4: okay. Yeah, that's June. Crowley Lake.
1: Okay. We'll get a report on that in just a little bit, Wendy. Okay.
2: Hopefully, we, hopefully we can get all the Abby or Adam here. We're, we're still working on that part.
1: Now, are okay. you getting... Are you getting continual stocking, or has the stocking... We products? are.
15: Every week, we're getting stocked. And also, we're putting in up to eight-pound uh, fish that we have in our, our fish pens here at the marina. We're okay. to put it, throwing those in you know, a little bit here and there every week.
1: Now, are the stock uh, coming in? Are they from uh, the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, or are they, do you have yes, other they are. organizations? Yes,
15: no, it's the Department of Fish and Game are coming every week. Um, the county is stocking a little bit. There's a program going on with the Chamber of Commerce of June Lake that are stocking um, in all of the lakes
2: as well.
1: All right. Stan, boy, you can't ask for better fishing, can
2: you? Well, you know, the, no, it's be, beautiful. Be, when you start hearing the, that the lakes in the Sierras are producing fish off the shore, the the rainbows up to eight pounds, and fours and fives and sixes have been common. We had a huge layover of the bigger fish from last year. A lot of that stuff wasn't caught. Um, They stocked heavily at the end of the season with some bigger fish because they had a lot of them that they had to put in the local lakes that had some water in it. So a lot of the lakes in the Sierras really got stocked up with some really prime fish, and it's looking like it's really taken hold. So... You know, the first of the season like this, you get some you know, real blast of it. A lot of the times, your big brown trout, you're not seeing as many of them now, because they haven't come up yet. The rainbows and the cutthroats will be the first ones to go, and you're you know see that throughout the series. And then a little later on, as the as the bait fish come in, which would be any of the spawn that that happens, whether it's rainbows or the perch spawn and crowley and whatever else, then the those bigger browns will come in and start to feed in the shallower water. They just haven't come up yet. So uh, you'll start to see the numbers on the brown trout come up here in the next little bit here when that fish starts to spawn and the fry comes back down out of the out of the rivers. So it'll be an interesting season, but a lot of big ones already.
1: When the uh, water's up the way it is, does the shore fishing become easier or more difficult?
2: Well, actually, <laughs> it's kind of a where you fish uh, more than than difficult. If you're if the fish are up and they're moving along the shallow edges, because most of those lakes have a, a drop off edge where it rolls off from shallow to deep. If you can get a, a cast out to the edge of the drop off or over the edge of the drop off, one of the, it has to be a drop off. You can actually get your bait back over it in the event you want to reel it back in, but the the best thing is to find some deep water at the edge of the drop off and throw it a little deeper where especially if you're using your floating bait or a floating night crawler, uh that fish that's coming out of deep water and cruising along the edge of those drop offs, especially when the sun gets up, that's where they're gonna be and that's where they're gonna feed. Um, so you just kinda kinda have to do a little homework on the lake. And if you don't get bit, if you've been fishing there for a half hour or or an hour, and you haven't been bit, I'm moving. I'm going to find another area and try it and see if the fish are uh, moving in a different area. Because the fish, they actually swim around the lake, but they get into areas where they like to the fish, especially uh, the trout, that where they like to kind of do their circles and their feeding, and there's usually more than one. If you get one, you'll usually get more than one. So uh, it's just... Uh, Kind of do your homework a little bit ahead of time. If they've got maps of the lake, it help. If not, ask the people in the store where, uh, the local store where they're catching the fish, and try to kind of get in your your fair share there. Yeah, right. I
1: agree with that. Has yes. the uh, has the ice melted in just about all the upper level lakes? Uh, so everything's accessible, or uh, are, do you still have a little bit of the grips of winter upon you?
15: Are you talking to me? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know you're still talking with me. Um, You know what? It's all melted on the ground. It has been for about uh, over a month. The ground has been dry. The snow is in the upper elevations. I know that Saddlebag, it still has snow. The pass is not open yet. The snow is all the way up to the gate here. Um, I've heard that in Mammoth, Twin Lakes is open, but not the Upper Lakes because of snow. So all the snow is covered here at the peaks of the mountains, like Carson Peak and San Joaquin and uh, June Mountain. It's it's all covered at the tops. They're all white.
1: Wow. So that means that there's still going to be plenty of water left to to take you through completely during the season.
15: I hope so. I hope that is the case. The lake is at about the same level. There's plenty of water in all the lakes here in June Lake, except for Grant, of course, because that's the reservoir. But fishing, is, you know, from the shore is good. And, you know, even though the lake's dropped a little bit here at June Lake, you know, yeah, I'm hopeful that it'll come up with when things, you know, melt. But, yeah, all the higher elevations still have snow.
1: All right. And how's the best way to get a hold of you to find out, again, about accommodations and, and reservations and the things that we need you to know to go, get up there? You should go to junelakechamber.com.
15: And everybody is a member of that website. Every lodging, every uh, reservation, every, all the reservation places are listed on there. And just click on the lodging, and you'll go to every place available in the June Lake Loop.
1: All right. Well, we want to thank you for being with us, and thanks for a great report. It sounds just more than fantastic up there.
15: Well, yeah, right now I'm sitting outside, and, and it's just beautiful. The water is so beautiful. It's like diamonds on the water, and I'm just waiting to close, going, hmm, it's pretty nice right now. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for calling me, and I appreciate talking with you, and I'll oh. talk with you again.
1: All right. Thank you very Will much. Do. All right. Hey, Stan, uh, uh, do we have one more, do you think? Well,
2: we've been trying to get a hold of Abby or uh, or Adam at the lake there up at, up at uh – Crowley, and it just doesn't seem to want to work here. We've been uh, for whatever reason, it's not happening there. We're uh, we're we're working on this. I'm I'm going to give them a shot here. I'm going to see if I can get Jorge to get a hold of him. But the fishing's been really excellent. Lots of fours and fives up at Growley. Um, it's been pretty fun to watch uh, what's going on there. With uh, the the fish moved up, a lot of cutthroats in the shallower water from 20 feet and up and and lots of fours and fives and sixes up there again the bigger brown trout have not made it for whatever reason they've they haven't moved up yet because the bait fish hasn't come into the lake and brown trout are are definitely uh into eating the meat so <laughs> if the if the small trout haven't moved into the lake and the and the fry that comes out of the river after the spawn because the rainbows that go up the river and spawn and then And so the cutthroat first, and then later on uh, the fry when it comes down in, they'll chase the fry back in, and then the perch when they come up. Wendy's favorite—I know she loves the perch. Um, When that happens, (laughs) it's it's all over but the counting. The big fish really uh, are are fun up there. But Wendy, you do more perch fishing than we do.
4: I love the perch fishing. I you know I still use a mini jig or. You know, just like I'm catching trout, but I do it for the perch, and and it's a lot of fun.
2: Well, that and that fun is what we're talking about. <laughs>
4: it's it's
2: uh, crappie jigs, and uh, and you, you can go along the weed lines when they go. Now, that happens a little later on here. It's not right right off the bat, so
5: you've got to wait for that to happen.
4: Usually around Memorial Day when it starts getting warm, you'll start seeing the bed from the perch all along where the tires are and the marina is in the shallow water. And then and then it's Katie bar the door.
2: Well, that and that that at that point in time too, your crappie jigs that you're fishing for your your uh, these big perch and the perch can be over three pounds. It's like a big green crappie. They're really good eating. Um but you can hang the big rainbows and big brown trout while you're fishing for the perch because they're up there looking for anything to eat too, and they're right along the edge of the weed line. So, right at any point in time, that can happen, and it's fun stuff. the The fish right now have been in that the lakes way up. Uh, I've talked to the guys up there that are that are coming back and forth the roll off edges and on Sandy Point and up in McGee Bay. Uh, the fish have been in that 15- to 20-foot level, sometimes a little shallower. In the morning, especially, the, the bigger fish have been caught shallow, and then as the sun kind of rises and comes up, they move off a little bit deeper into that 20-foot stuff. And if you can put your boat basically in 20-foot, where you can cast either side, if you're a uh, bait fisherman, into 12- to 15 feet on one side and then deeper than 20-foot on the other side or wherever you're sitting, that really makes a uh, the, the time on the water pretty effective. And you can watch as you're on the the lake. Um, it's, it's pretty fun. So you, you can find where the boats are sitting. There's a lot of them. Watch the guys that are fishing around them. When you see the guys catching fish, uh, go to that area. You don't get right next to them. You can be Mm -hmm. close, but not, Right on them, give yourself some room because these fish like to run, fish four pound or they gotta fish two to four pound line. And, but you're gonna get a shot at catching five pound fish and, or bigger. So, you know, the inflated night crawler, like they were saying at June Lake, is probably the best, uh, bait for, for the lakes. Garlic, for whatever reason, is in the Sierras, has been a, a secret of for catching big fish and lots of them in the and anywhere in the Sierra, so the garlic dip, uh, garlic cheese, anything garlic flavored can help. So, those are all little pieces of the puzzle that if you're looking to catch big ones, go get yourself uh, a, a longer rod. I like to throw the longer rod, I like to throw a, something with a longer leader, three to four feet. So, if you inflate that half a night crawler, you can put it a little. Like they were saying, to dip a little garlic on it or just inflate it and and throw it out there as far as you can and hold, leave some slack in the line. Wait till you're, and set your drag on your spinning wheels. If uh, I don't wait till, uh, I don't set any hooks. I just wait till the drag starts going on on the rod and then I start turning the handle.
1: Stan, we only have a a couple of minutes left here, and unfortunately uh, it doesn't look like we're going to make the connection with Crowley Lake for a a live report. But uh, you happened to mention trolling, and in just a couple of minutes we have, what are some of the best (laughs) things to troll with and what can fishermen expect to do?
2: If I'm trolling, I use a a pretty soft tip on on a rod. I I like to troll 18-pound Lead core because it's easy to put 6 to 8 or 10-pound leader up in there and tie off your leader. I only use about 30 feet. Of, I use green maximum monofilament. I don't get fancy on on anything that I'm trolling up there. Uh, and I use anything from the Tasmanian Devils, and the reason you use 10-pound or, or better pound line on those is because they swivel around on a line and You don't want to nick the line or anywhere from a 9 to a a, a F9 floating Rapala to the uh, 13s or even the biggest ones you can find. We don't really care, painted like a trout. When you're running around the lakes up there, the guys use a a 270, which is an ocean stick with a heavy reel that has a better drag system on it, 18-pound, uh, lead core and 10 or 12 or even up to 20 pounds some guys use, and they'll jerk that 6-inch Rapala around the lake and ripping it at 3 miles an hour waiting for those big brown trout to come up and eat it. But most of the time if you're trolling up there, you're trolling needlefish or 9 to, or to 11 uh, floating Rapalas, uh, the Tasmanian Devils, and you're trolling at anywhere from 1.8, to 2.2 miles an hour. That seems to be the, the the best range. If they're not eaten, speed it up and drop down anywhere from start at 2.5 and, and go down all the way to 4. You can vary it back and forth depending on the depth of the lake and your speed. You'll know if you're going too slow because you're bumping the bottom, reel it up a little bit. Always good to have a, a depth finder to let you know how where you're sitting in the lake and Go and throw,
11: that's all, all I All
1: right, Stan, that's going to have to be it for tonight. And, Wendy, thank you very much. Good luck on your trip.
4: Oh, thank you. I'll talk to you guys next week. All Don't right,
1: Stan, man. thanks a lot for putting together such a great report. We also want to thank our guest, uh, Frank Orsetti, and uh, uh, <coughs> pardon me, Tony Terrell from Diamond Valley. And But you, the listeners, we also want to thank you for listening tonight. Uh, we tried to put together a show that we did. Thought would be worth your time. I think we accomplished that. So, on behalf of Jorge and our AM 540 studios, Ben, our local uh, producer here in San Diego, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McCune, who left us this legacy, which is Ron Real Radio, we want to thank you for listening tonight. We'll be back next week, 5.05 p.m. on AM 540. If you missed any of the show, just go to com. So, folks, that's it for tonight. Go out there and get them. As Kevin Minio used to say, they're getting away. We'll see you on the water. We're out for now. Good night.
16: Gone fishing.